traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. You are making the world a better place by listening to the Joy of Living podcast. This is your guide to achieving a more purposeful, powerful, and positive life. Join Barry Shore in unlocking the best version of you and becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And now, here's your ambassador of joy, Barry Shore. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good, and we have good in abundance today. You are going to be mesmerized, amazed, enchanted by our fabulous, interesting guest who's going to share with us some of what's happening in the leading edge of medical miracles. So you have tuned in consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore. And you've done, you've done it because you know that in this show, we discuss those things that are enabling you to become the best you possible. That's great because when you're the best you, you make the world a better place. You build more bridges of harmony, create more joy, happiness, peace, and love. And that's the real reason you tune in because you care most in the entire world about you. Y-O-U, E-W-E. That's great because when you do care the most about you, you become better. And on this show, we discuss the three fundamentals of life. And these three fundamentals will enable you to be happier, healthier, and wealthier. And who doesn't want that? The three fundamentals are, number one, life, your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, number two happens. This is a good number two. You go MAD. Now, MAD, in this case, is a wonderful acronym that stands for Make a Difference. You lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference, as is evidenced, by the way, by the more than 349,617 people around the world, all who have tuned in consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living because you want to live purposely and make a difference in the world. And the third fundamental of life is uncovering the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. Everyday words and terms. Simplest example. Uh, right now, this show is you're either watching it or you're hearing it, and it's carried over the internet. Now, if you ask anybody, what does WWW stand for? Invariably, they'll tell you it has to do with the internet. And factually speaking, they're correct. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for what a wonderful world. And what a is a word, right? W-H-A-T-A. What a, what a wonderful world. And of course, a tip of the hat and a big thank you to Louis Armstrong, the Satchmo, for enabling that song to go viral and touch not just tens of millions or hundreds of millions, but billions of people around the planet. And whenever you hear the opening bars of what a wonderful world. What do you do right away? You can't help it. You smile <laughs> because that's the nature of that beautiful song. Now, SMILE is an amazing acronym that when you learn it, internalize and utilize and leverage in your life, it will help you shift your life into a higher plane. Now, by the way, shift is a great word. Most people, I don't know why, they leave off the F and shift. But if you utilize this correctly, you'll shift yourself into a higher plane, a higher frequency. Now, the uh, SMILE stands for seeing miracles in life every day. Seeing miracles in life every day. Now, invariably, uh, when I say that to people, I'm speaking to audiences before the pandemic, it was 5,200 people I was talking to. Imagine that without masks and everything. And that will happen again very soon, God willing. But people were raising their head, hey, Barry Shore, Barry Shore, I've been out for hours where I haven't seen any miracles. And I asked them, are you here? Can you hear? 
Can you see? Can you stand still? I can't. Can you walk? I can barely do that. You have water, drink, you have food to eat, place to sleep, family, friends. Every single one of those is a miracle. What's the simplest proof? Simple proof. A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You know why? They died. By definition, if you're watching this or listening to it, you didn't. You therefore have an obligation to live life to the full, to live exuberantly. So when I tell the story of Barry Shore, then the SMILE acronym makes it more real. So what's the story of Barry Shore? Imagine the following. Standing up in the morning, hale and hearty, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound, and that evening be in the hospital totally, completely paralyzed. And it was not for an automobile accident. It was not a spinal injury. A rare disease took over my body and rendered me a quadriplegic overnight. Nothing in my body moved. I was in the hospital 144 days. I was in a hospital bed in my own home for two years. I couldn't turn over by myself. I was in a wheelchair for four years. I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles, and that was progress. Thank God today I'm able to do vertical ambulatory with the help of a seven-foot walking wand, but I still can't walk up a stair by myself. I can't walk my curb by myself. I have helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but you hear my voice. Positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Why? It's all because of this one word. Smile, seeing miracles in life every day. But I got to tell you a quick story. <laughs> My eight-year-old niece comes over to me a few weeks ago. She says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile, S-M-I-E-L? And I thought about it. Sounds the same. Smile, smile, why not? I asked her, how come? She says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. But what was she doing? She was creating the kind of world that she wants to live in. Create is a wonderful acronym that stands for causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. Rethinking, the ability to do neuro-linguistic programming. You can change the way you think. You have the choice. The six most important words you'll ever learn and utilize and internalize and leverage are choice, not chance, determines your destiny. You have 100 billion brain cells, and we have over 120 trillion synapses connecting them all, and they're there for more than deciding what kind of latte you want this morning. The ability to use your mind to create new worlds, to do things that have never been done before in a different, better, more powerful, positive, purposeful way. Now, I do want to interrupt myself and alert you and our guests that I do use a lot of four-letter words. I even use the four-letter F-U word, and I do it because of the shock value, and it's fun. Now, the four-letter words that we use because we live in the world of positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant are love, hope, grow, free, gift, pray, play, swim, <laughs> four-letter words. And the, F, and the four-letter F-U word is fun. Fun? Yes, F-U, capital N, capital N. Uh, people are raising their hands and say, hey, Barry Shore, Barry Shore, fun's only spelled with three letters, not in our world. In the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant, fun is spelled F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, you see a family of friends, point your finger, have a smile on your face, a twinkle in your eye, and tell them, F you, everybody. Remember to add right away, capital N, capital N. So where'd you get that? I said, I listened to Barry Shore, The Joy of Living. And by the way, everything you want to know about our amazing guest today and all the things that he's doing to help the world, you will be able to find at our website, barryshore.com. That's where everything is. Just go there, barryshore.com. So before we bring on our amazing guest, I just want to urge everybody to use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day for now and the rest of your life. And you do use these powerful words, these two powerful words. You'll change you, your family, your friends, and all living beings for the good. And these two words are, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks stands for to harmonize and network kindness, to harmonize and network kindness. The Dalai Lama is quoted as saying, I read in his writings, be kind whenever possible. And as he said, it's always possible. So imagine you go to the coffee shop, no mask, and you walk in, you order a fancy latte, you sit down, somebody brings it to you, you say thank you. You walk in the coffee shop, you order a fancy latte, you sit down, a few minutes go by, nobody brings it to you, you go to the counter and say, oh, I'm sorry, we forgot, we're busy, we'll bring it to you, sit down, a few more minutes go by, still somebody brings it to you, say thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining out. Somebody holds the door open for you. You say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop. It's raining. Somebody slams the door on you. You say, thank you. You're in traffic. You're late for an appointment. Somebody cuts you off. You say, thank you. You get up in the middle of the night. You stub your toe and it hurts. You say, thank you. To harmonize and network 
kindness. Kind stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. I can't think of anybody that I want to share with you that inspires noble deeds more than the amazing, wonderful, fabulous Sheldon Lieber. Sheldon, please say hello to 351,822 people around the world. Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you, Barry, for having me on. Thank you for all your positive energy. You're entirely welcome. By the way, three things about Sheldon. You notice that he is my uh, Dopplinger opposite. <laughs> Number two, he has he wears a shirt that has uh, pens or pencils in his pocket without even a pocket protector. Yes, because he's an architect. Yes, well, uh, I'm brave. And brave, right? He believes in no leaking, leaking pens. That's what he didn't prevent. He didn't create those today, but we'll talk about what he did do and he's doing. Uh, and he's also one of the um, the more interesting uh, people that I'm honored to call friend. I've known him, thank God, for years. I won't tell you all the wonderful things about Sheldon because it would take too long. But suffice to say, two data points that are really important. Number one is that he is happily married to one of the most remarkable women that walks the planet today, and they're going into their 44th year. So bravo to you, wonderful Sheldon and Kelsey. And number two is that Sheldon has been an avid investor or interested investor since the age of 17. And as you see, he is far past the age of 17 these days. But and it's more important that he's been an investor. He's a successful investor. And that's really what we're going to talk about. Not so much how much money he's made and what he does, but what he does in what he calls chasing value, I call attracting value, and channeling that energy into the medical space. So let's just jump right in, Sheldon, because we have hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world who marvel at what happens in the United States of America because we still are the leading edge, in my humble opinion, at this moment. So let's just talk about what it is that you wanted me to mention that how you are involved with companies or co a particular company that's making medical history every day. Please, wax eloquent. Well, let me let me just start by saying that um, we, we have been investing for a long time. I was investing on my own for a long time and was discovered by an editor at Business Week that I had some acumen for the subject and I wrote a lot of articles for her uh, and for uh, daily finance on a blog site for AOL. Uh, and that led to lots of people asking me uh, for advice, which led to me starting a hedge fund. And that hedge fund now has led to private equity investments. So when we talk about changing uh, uh, history every day or making history every day, it's because we are investing in the latest technology in medical devices. Now, how did I get started on that? I got started on it by investing in a company called Intuitive Surgical 20 years ago, which is the largest robotic medical device company in the world. And Intuitive has done very well economically, and it's grown into a very large company. I'm going to guess and say somewhere around $70 billion company. Uh, and the success of that investment, along with the other things that happened in my life, made me look at other technologies that were coming out in the same sector in medical devices and uh, we have a preference for medical devices over uh, other things that's one of our focuses although we do invest in other things so that led to uh, looking for companies that were public companies in the stock exchange uh, and we had numerous exits where we were in and out of investments in that sector uh, Maser Robotics involved spinal surgery, and that was bought by Medtronic. Um, Maco was regarded, used for um, knee surgery. That was bought by Stryker. Uh, re more recently, a couple of years ago, we invested in a company called Corindus Vascular, uh, uh, and that was bought out by Siemens Health and Ears. And so we continued down that path. And along that journey, uh, I made friends with a gentleman named Harel Godot, who is uh, the chairman of uh, multiple companies involved in the medical device sector. And we have been investing uh, along with him and, and done some other things too. But 
I think the, the one of the most important uh, companies that we're working with right now that has FDA clearance and is being commercialized is Exact Robotics. So exact. before you before you go on to the details of Exact Robotics, I want to unpack a few things that you've mentioned uh, because it is of note to your background and to where we're going to be going in this discussion. I want to begin with what you said was so interesting. So I'm going to use the letters AOL. Now you said it, of course, and I said it, and you and I both know what it is, but I'm going to tell you something, Sheldon. There are uh, many people, hundreds of thousands of people listening to us right now who heard the letters AOL and they're scratching their head. So I'm going to tell you, everybody out there who's under the age of, let's say, uh, 30, and we have hundreds of thousands of people, AOL stands for America, America Online. And I, if you don't know it, Google it. It's a funny thing to say because at the time America Online existed, there was no Google, which is hard for most people that are listening to understand. Are you with me? So the reason I mention is because what Sheldon did, and it has nothing to do with AOL, but what Sheldon did is he started writing about something that he knew about, knows about, and is interested in. Am I correct on that, Sheldon? That's what yeah, you did. I, I think that's true. I think uh, I don't. We didn't mention it, but you know, I'm a licensed California architect, and I've been practicing for 30 years. We haven't done anything recently because we fitched, uh, switched more of our energy to finance, but I still remain a licensed architect. Right, but I, I want to mention the point here is that everybody today, everybody listening, watching, everybody can begin to write about that which you know, are interested in, or want to become knowledgeable in. And when you do it consistently, and you strive to be informative, not seeking out, hey, look at me, but giving over information, the world opened up. See, Sheldon didn't start out saying, I'm going to write blogs, and you know what's going to happen? X, Y, and Z. He began writing, and then the world became attracted to him. I want to, I'm emphasizing this for everybody listening because it's the people, the reason people listen, Sheldon, is not because Barry Shaw is a great guy, which I am. Well, because you're so interesting, which you are. But it's because they care the most about themselves. People are interested in themselves. Am I right? So you're interested in you. If you want to be the best you possible, begin writing or making videos. If you want to do it that way. But become involved in something that you can inform others about for their benefit. So Sheldon began writing and you heard his progression. People started contacting him. And the genius of it is that he was able to continue along the path and use his remarkable skill sets to be able to be involved, not only to make money for himself and those people who work with him, but to help build processes. Now, you heard him mention the word devices a number of times, medical devices. So what I'd like to do now, with your permission, Sheldon, is let's go deep into robotics and surgery, if, if that's what you'd like to speak about, or just robotics and medicine. But I am fascinated because obviously I have a lot to do with the medical field because of my, my situation. But I think on some level, everybody listening is cheering on the idea of robotics. And yet at the same time, it's foreign. Am I correct when I say that? Uh, I, I think that it's it's... It depends what uh, the particular uh, person's needs are. It's in some areas um, there's it's, the, the robots are dominant. Uh, for example, for prostate uh, surgery, the Da Vinci robot probably has sixty or seventy percent of that activity. So I didn't know. I didn't know that. So that's that's a lot, and they've been around twenty years. Other things that we're working on now. Um, they're still in the process of doing clinical trials, of getting, uh, of improving the device. Um, and the, the purpose of these devices is, ha it, it goes along several trains of thought. First of all, there, you have a varying level of talent when you go to a doctor. You don't know the level of talent. You, you try to get second opinions. You try to find the best guy available, but the best guy available may not be in your town. 
Right. And the best guy may not be a guy. I'm, I'm making a point of this. That that's 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 true. And um, but in any event, this sort of what we talk about is democratizing the medical field. So if you, for example, were to have a get a biopsy uh, with our exact robot, which is the primary function currently that is being uh, introduced into hospitals and and it's in some hospitals already. Um, Every procedure is going to be based on the talent of the robot, and the robot's skill set is very high and improving every day. So what it does is it means that a it's a tool, basically, for the doctor, right? And, uh, uh, you know, to oversimplify, you know, it's better to have a screwdriver than to try and turn a screw with your fingers. So uh, this device allows a doctor to oversee the procedure, but not do the procedure. The procedure is actually done by the robot. It's the first autonomous robot. It's called the ACE. So exactly. It's called, it's called the ACE, A-C-E? ACE. Yes. So uh, uh, that starts stands for uh, accuracy and consistency and effectiveness or efficiency. And um, so the robot sort of democratizes things because everybody's talents are now equal. And, and the doctor still has, has this better tool that they can do procedures with, with our primarily biopsies. The, uh, we say we're making history every day in this regard because there is no other autonomous robot. This is the first one. The da Vinci that I mentioned, which is a dominant robot for certain procedures, that's hands-on by the doctor. So, Good, it, so let, let's pause for a moment, please. Correct. And because you're using terms that you understand intuitively, uh, the audience, I want to make sure that we're speaking the same language. People know what autonomous is on a dictionary level right. and, or assisted. So let's let's give it some more context. So so if you use a screwdriver, you're holding it in your hand. But in the case of the ACE by exact, the doctor instructs the robot but he doesn't touch the robot and he doesn't participate directly in the procedure the robot is about the size of a laptop if you have oh so we're not oh, good this is the point we're not talking small. about a six and a half foot metal monster that's going in and lumbering into the operating room no it's very small it can be used in any room in the hospital um it has a little cart um, but basically the robot itself is about the size of a laptop. Um, you can look it up online at exactrobotics.com. But basically it straps on to the person. The doctor identifies the point uh, that it, that where the biopsy is the target of the biopsy on a CT scan and then directs the robot to start. And the robot inserts a needle towards the target and takes out the material in one attempt. So this is wonderful. Uh, so we're not talking about surgical cutting. We're talking about, like in the case of biopsy, inserting a syringe, a needle so, to extract. So, right. So at this time, the ACE can do things that a needle can, that a doctor can do with a needle. So the next step after biopsies is ablations to actually use a little bit larger needle and remove the uh, indication. And there's another aspect of this. Some medicines would be better applied in a direct location than generally, right? So give or, an example, please. Well, let's just let's just say even uh, uh, you have pain in your shoulder and it's a, it's a severe and the doc, and so you need to get an injection of some uh, medicine it could even be a medicine that we is not prevalent today but it requires a regimen of let's say coming back every week for 3 weeks and you want to put it in the exact same spot the ace can do that right and by the way i'm going to say i'm going to make this comment as effectively or more efficiently and effectively than a human being. 
I, I think that that's the point, especially when you're talking about coming back in three different weeks. And what I'm saying uh, the yeah. successive uh, procedures in a specialized area are more attuned with a ACE or some capable robotic process rather than a human because of the nature of the human being. But I also want to I also want to be careful to let people know that I don't have a medical background and I don't want to go too far into medicine. I want mm -hmm. to stick with the device itself, but I will, you know, hit a gray area where it, that people will understand. When you're subjected to chemotherapy, you're basically poisoning the body. Right. I mean, the the the, the cancer may not be everywhere, but the chemotherapy is everywhere because of the way they you take the medicine. So if you were able to direct the medicine to a particular place, then you're addressing specifically the problem area and not everything. So that's the specifics and the finite uh, uh, directionality of the robot and the fact that it's autonomous is a very big thing. And uh, we've had uh, suggestions from doctors that it could even, you know, doctors come to us with new ideas. So one doctor suggested that it could be used for uh, radioisotope seeding, right? So doctors make a map of where they want to put the radioisotopes for radiation therapy, right? And, you know, I'm, uh, this, is, this is something I was told. I didn't hear it firsthand, but I was told by one of my associates, the doctor said that it's, it's difficult to get the map, to map everything out and then place the radioisotopes exactly where you planned it, right? Because the body is soft tissue and things move around. But the ACE is very focused and the ACE can do it very consistently. And we're not doing that yet. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But when I say we're making history every day, it's because, you know, we're, we're moving on to more and more procedures being done of, in the area of biopsies to then we'll be moving on to ablations and in the future, we will be directly, directly implanting medicine. And then, you know, and it goes on and on. And the, the other feature of this robot is that it can be used remotely. So when I okay, say- Okay, so pause there because we're gonna talk about that on the other side of the break. But I wanna go a little bit deeper on something. You, you mentioned the word democratization of the process, which uh, let's be blunt. This, the whole point of the internet is to create, for want of a better term, a global village and democratization of data, of information and transformation, because that's what you're doing. You're using information and data to transform. It's not just um, layering data, it is accumulating data and therefore hopefully interpreting this point by other human beings to increase the efficiency, the ACE level of skill. By that definition, uh, anybody trained, of course, uh, in almost any part of the world could be using this robotic device or these robotic devices. In other words, this, and I'm just picking out of my mind a particular country, whether it's Ghana or uh, Southern India or uh, Rwanda, or in Kansas City. It doesn't matter. It's well, and there's and one of the important things to remember is not as many uh, cities and many rural areas don't have adequate medical coverage. They don't have specialty doctors, and so they have to drive an hour or two hours to the city to find help. But there is a shortage of doctors also, and this may help with that. And the other thing is that I was leading into is the robot can be used remotely. So this robot can be shipped overnight somewhere. And a doctor in New York or Los Angeles could assist with a procedure anywhere in the world. Now that still requires some training and direction, but you can get help remotely with the use of this robot. Now the doctor in more localized area is viewing the procedure that the robot is doing does not have to be in the room. So he can be in an adjacent room or in his office and just watch over his monitor what the robot is doing and he can stop or start it as well. But one other thing I wanna add is when you're doing certain procedures 
the doctor and the medical team might be exposed to some level of radiation. And by doing it remotely, you also diminish the exposure to that radiation. Now, for most people, it's just like getting dentist, dentistry x-rays. Having x-rays you know, every other year is not that big a deal. But if you're the medical team and you're doing this all day long, every right. day, biopsies, uh, the idea of being out of the room is a very promising thing. So uh, I, I want to address that. And when we come back, by the way, I'm going to, now that you brought up dentistry, I want to talk about that because if you're talking about the ability to insert a, uh, a needle, then it can apply to many different situations. And I'm um, thinking about all of the, the medical people around the world, male, female, that are more and more capable of doing things. But let's do this. We're going to, uh, we have sponsors who love our show and people who love our sponsors and they're very important ones. We'll be right back after this with Sheldon and learning about not just the future, but the now. And he's going to bring us into the future. We'll be right back with these brief messages. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. Barry Shaw here, the ambassador of joy. We've entered into the fall season, and fall means coming up to winter. Holidays, all kinds of stuff, not just stuss stress, S-T-R-E-S-S. You know, I've spoken about stress many times on the show, and with stress coming on with the holiday season, everybody wants to be happy and such, but everybody knows what's going on. I want to talk to you about something really important for your benefit. It's called Talk Space, T A L K. S-P-A-C-E, Talkspace.com. This is an online therapy program, show, website, and it's available for you. It is so important for you to be involved. You all know my story. Standing up in the morning, hail and hearty in the evening, quadriplegic. Okay, nobody has to go through something that drastic to know that speaking to somebody, a professional licensed therapist can be of benefit. I know it's true. It helped me. It can help you. This is so easy to do. You are talking about secure professional process. It's the number one online therapy platform in the country. It works around your schedule, your convenience. I urge you, please match yourself with a licensed therapist. Go to talkspace.com, T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E, talkspace.com. Get $100 off your first month with the promo code Barry. B-A-R-R-Y, go to talkspace.com, put in the promo code Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, and you'll get $100 off your first month. Please do it. You'll thank me. Best wishes. Bye now. Imagine the kind of place you would want to shop for your favorite fur baby pet. Honest pets.co. Well, you found it. Honestpets.co. Not .com, .co. This is your go-to spot for the best, the cleanest pet treats that exist anywhere on the planet. All of the brands go through a rigorous review to make sure they meet the high standards of cleanliness, health benefits, and naturalness. This site was started by a husband and wife team, and it's veteran-owned, and that care about pets, especially dogs and cats, and coming soon, bird treats. These are very nice young people who really care about making a difference because a portion of proceeds go to support veteran organizations with a focus on service dogs. This is the place where you want to go. You want to tell your friends this has the finest, yummiest, freshest, all-natural treats and stuff for your fur baby. So go there, honestpets.co honestpets.co. Do it now. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. We have good in abundance. Our cup runneth over with good. And it's a person named Sheldon Lieber who is giving us a glimpse, not just of the here and now, but of the future. And the future, as we know, because we live in a very fast-paced world, comes faster than you ever expected. Most of the people listening are under the age of 35. Within the next 10 years, 
maybe maximum 20, you'll be experiencing things that Sheldon and I were only dream about when we were growing up and kids. And they'll be part and parcel of your world, everything from driverless cars to robotics in medicine. So we were just talking about these remarkable devices, which again, I didn't realize are much smaller than you would think. We used to say smaller than a bread box, but nobody knows what a bread box is anymore, Sheldon. I don't think anybody has a bread box in their home, but we use it, like you gave the right dimensions. You think of a laptop and laptops may be getting smaller and smaller, but just think of a laptop. That's the robotic device that he's talking about, which can now be used to insert needles, do biopsies and such, maybe eventually we'll very soon be able to do um, openings, what we call surgeries and such like that. But one of the points he was making is the ability to do things remotely. So let's talk about this highly skilled woman doctor in Indonesia who is, um, uh, let's say, working on somebody, she's in Jakarta and somebody's in Bali and there's the devices in Bali. And now what is she doing? She's able to direct the robotic device to do what? Well, you'd, first of all, it would be, you'd have to have a team approach. Um, you need to have, currently you need to have a CAT scan uh, so that you can locate the, the target. Um, we are working on other modalities at exact to work with uh, fluoroscopy, ultrasound, eventually MRIs, which is a little trickier because of the uh, non-ferrous metals that you have to use to produce the device. But all of these things are possible and are planned for the future. But in the immediate time, you know, a procedure now still requires the device to get to the remote location. And so it's a very good thing that it's lightweight and easy to ship, all right? You can overnight it just about anywhere in the world. Um, and, it, and since it weighs about the same as a laptop, I mean, people send textbooks all over. It weighs less than a college textbook. Um, the second thing is, though, having to have the ability to do a CAT scan or to direct the robot in a particular way. So it's, it's still a collaborative, right? You do need medical people on both sides. And you do need to be able to get a CAT scan currently or some ability to direct the robot, as I said, currently with a CAT scan, but you need to identify the target. But yes, a local team of technicians can strap on the robot. The, the needles that we have currently approved, I believe are 17, 18 and 19 gauge needles. And we are increasing you know, the, mo the different uh, abilities of the robot. Again, that's why I say making history every day because we didn't have 19 gauge approved right away, but they are now. So, you know, we're, we're able to do more and more procedures. The other thing that, you know, is interesting is that all of our procedures so far, to my knowledge, have been once in and once out. So that means the robot is very efficient in tar hitting the target. And that is not always the case. Sometimes it takes more than one attempt. So you, that's mean, you mean one more than one attempt when a human is doing the procedure? Yes, and that's why this is a tool for a doctor. That's This is all it is. It's improving the doctor's possibilities so he has a better tool in his hands. And anyway, so I don't want to get too much into the uh, remote nature except that to say that it can be two teams in different far apart locations. It certainly in local in localized use, limits the amount of exposure to radiation to some degree. And the, the doctor could also be watching multiple procedures at one time from his office if he has three different technical teams working on the process. So we have had situations where the doctor supervises, but actually the technical team straps on the robot and sets everything up. So she, she's monitoring, let's say there's a team and the lead doctor is monitoring. So by the way, TEAM is a wonderful acronym, and it really has a force in this particular case because TEAM stands for Together Everyone Achieves Miracles. Well, That's what you're doing. You're working I, with... I appreciate your positive energy. It, it sort of is another aspect of what we're doing. It, when all of our investments, we're looking you know, for things that have uh, 
uh, a large uh, order of magnitude of improvement over whatever is being done and that we can visualize, you know, the the end game of where we improve the quality of life for people. Um, but exact is just one of the things we're working on. And it is as it improves. That's one reason we say we're making history every day. Um, if you allow me, I'll share another technology that we're working with. I want to, I just want to make people aware because <laughs> this is so spectacular that, I mean, again, your, your personality lends itself to the ability to speak about this in a very calm, efficient manner. For me, I am loving it. It's a, it, you're bringing together the dreams of humanity to be able to service people throughout the world, as you say, in a democratic process, so that eventually, in not too distant future, there will be such thing as, well, we won't have underserved communities. There'll be serviced communities and just different levels. But the ability to, um, how should we say it, have this robot on a regular basis, in other words, replicated so that they're readily available at any location without having to ship it. Right now, you have to ship it. But that's like going back into, you know, 20 years ago when FedEx first started and say, wow, we, we can ship something overnight. Well, yes, but isn't it better that if we have one, so you don't have to have these magnificent large pieces of equipment, they can be small and capable and flexible. But yes, please, Sheldon, bring us into a path. Let's speak about another modality or so, thing, something so you're working something, on. Something else that we're working on in the area of cancer um, is a company called Caps Medical. Again, but just want to make everybody aware, everything you want to know that Sheldon's talking about will be at the website, barryshore.com. So you just have to go there. Don't throw anything down. All the information will be there because you want to know and learn more. So please. So so Caps Medical um, is a company that it has created a device that can do minimally invasive surgery for the destruction of solid tumors, cancer tumors. And that's something that's not being done today. The basis of the device uh, is that it produces something called uh, uh, cold plasma. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit about that. But, but the cold plasma, if you, if you, what it is, if, I mean, basically the, the heat that you see from the sun is a kind of plasma. It's related to gas, but it's not a gas in the, in the explicit sense. And something that people have seen, like in gift shops, and might see a, a, um, a glass ball that if you touch the sides, it looks like lightning inside, right? That's actually a plasma, not a gas. And so the reason that the, the, the uh, scientists and doctors have looked at this is for a decade or so, you can look online, you'll see studies where they found that that cold plasma has an impact on the immune system and seemed to have a positive effect on, on destroying cancer cells. So CAPS is the first company um, to develop a device that can produce this plasma on a constant basis, all right? And by producing this at a constant basis, at very close to body temperature, you can do minimally invasive surgery because you're not destroying any tissue. So there are other devices, but for example, they use plasma to cauterize a wound, right? But something at, you know, 400 degrees is not something you can do minimally invasive surgery with, right? <laughs> but something that's at body temperature can. So this is very early stage. I don't want people to think, you know, they can go get this done tomorrow. We are just starting some safety profiles with uh, humans, but we have already uh, animal studies that, that have been very successful. And uh, so we're in the early stages here, but the idea is that in a few years, you'll be able to get uh, uh, destroy solid tumors in the body with minimally invasive surgery by making a small incision and inserting our probe and simply blasting the tumor with the cold plasma. And then as it gets, 
it's destroyed, the body just removes the the residue as it would other forms. It becomes like waste material and the body right. removes it. Right. And so that is a very, very promising technology. It's being it's it's current in the sense that uh, you know we have already developed the device and it's going going into clinical trials. But again, I say making history every day because you couldn't do it yesterday, and what we do tomorrow will be different than what we do today. So again, as we move uh, move forward, we are making history. And so for myself, I'm very excited about all these things because we're working on a dozen such things and they're all a little bit different. But the thing that they have in common is that they're unique and that they're providing the medical and healthcare system with new tools to do a better job and to do it more effectively and to do it with less trauma for the patient. You know, getting back Getting back to the ACE, one of the things that I wanted to, that we skipped over that I forgot to mention is if a doctor sees a spot on an x-ray on a, on a CAT scan and he, and he says to you, well, there's something here I don't, I don't know exactly, but it's too small to do a biopsy. Come back in a couple of months, we'll take a look at it again and see what developed, right? Imagine the trauma for you, your family, like two months right? But it might be just a little dot and he's not even sure it is anything, right? So he wants you to come back. But the idea of ever, you having to think about it for two right, months. But that dot's in your mind and it's yeah, growing. That makes sleep makes sleep a lot more restless, right? So right. because the ACE is so precise, you can do the biopsy earlier, right? Which means that there's less psychological um, damage. damage to to the family and to the individual and you just find out things sooner and and that precision allows for that right because it can it's very precise um and so i wanted to say that but you know caps doing similar things in a different venue right because now you already know you have cancer right so it could actually be that the hospital takes our exact device does a biopsy finds out you have cancer and then uses the capsid device later to destroy it, right? So and as you pointed out, so it, it, it's so important. I've just lost recently a, a, a very dear friend, young man. Chemotherapy is almost an oxymoron. <laughs> you know, it's chemo in the body. It's it is literally attacking the body. We call it a therapy because that's basically what you have. It's as if you're taking a mallet and trying to open up the proverbial walnut. It's not the best yeah. way to do it. Well, I think I think one of the things that we want to do, and we're seeing medicine move in this direction, to be more precise in our response to an indication, right? And- By the way, that's a great line. I want you to repeat that. To be more, to be precise. more precise in responding to an indication. I say an indication because just because something showed up that's unknown, mm -hmm. We don't know that it's a negative thing. It could be nothing. And, right. and if I was a doctor, I would I would use the term. There's an indication here of something. We need to see what it is. I wouldn't want to be an alarmist. Right. And I think that the devices that we're working on that are more precise allow for a more precise response instead of, you know, all out war. Right. So it's almost a more applicable use of the word surgical. Because even in battle, they talk about a surgical strike as right. opposed to like a blitzkrieg of everything. So, but I, what I want to get make a point of here is that even when you take an aspirin or a Tylenol, right? That's a very, you, you have a pain in your shoulder or you have pains in your hands from arthritis and you're taking something that you're going to swallow and is going everywhere right? It's not directed at your hands where you have pain or your shoulder where you have pain. So it's generally re responding to, you know, your nervous system and, and dealing with pain at a particular place at the same time as everywhere else, right? You don't have a problem in your feet, but every it's, it's a general application, right? We're saying that as medicine advances, things are going to become more specific, right? 
By so, the way, I want to jump in and just you 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 prompted me on something. This is almost <clears throat> I'll go on a limb here, a blending of, for want of a better term, Eastern and Western knowledge. Why do I say that? Because in the Eastern world, that's using uh, what do they call this? the meridians and such like that. If you've ever been to people who practice these kinds of modalities, they're looking for specific items. In other words, they, if you're, like you said, your hands, they're going to work on your hand, but they're also going to work with that meridian that goes to that and not the whole rest of the body. They try to be as precise as possible using what is available, which is their own hands, their cumulative knowledge, their teacher, et cetera, et cetera. Western medicine is very oriented towards using instruments. But until, as you're saying, it's now moving more towards surgically precise or precision instruments rather than the blunt. So like you said, the Tylenol, the aspirin, that's a blunt instrument. It deadens the nervous system. Therefore, it will take you, where do you, get rid of your pain in your shoulder. But then you want to go to that. So it's to me, what you're saying is that there's a blending here of, the, of modalities that the, the West is recognizing what the East has. The East needs what the West is producing. And I think that we're looking at medicine, the ability to help people live more healthfully and a longer life, not just a longer life, but a more healthfully longer life will be advanced tremendously by geometric proportions over the next several decades. Well, I think I think this is a field that that's going to continue to advance. I've talked to a lot of young people who, you know, are looking at a, a future where their job might become obsolete. You know, this is very common, and people ha end up having two or three professions in their lifetime. Right. But I think I think that young people that have a background in, let's say, biology or pre med, and then add on experience in electrical or mechanical engineering. And or even programs that are specific to biomedical engineering, I don't see how that's going to go away in in, in our in generations. I, mean, I think what you just said is on the contrary. In other words, biomedical engineering is the is is the it's a very broad field, of course. But the gen the genius of it is get involved, right? Yeah, I think I think that that's an area that's just going to be expanding, and I think it's also an area that's going to be very interesting. And so for myself personally, I like to work on interesting things. I get bored easily and there's not too many things I'm working on right now that are boring. Um, but <laughs> but um, uh, um, I mean, we all have to deal with, you know, the bureaucracy of, of, of activities in life. But but I mean, in general, the specific things we choose to do, we hope that they'll be interesting. Well, um, I was going to ask you, how do you sleep at night, Sheldon? Not because you're... It, you're bothered by stuff, but it's so interesting and exciting what you're working on. And you're just telling us about a few things. So yeah, I don't know how you sleep and you get up in the morning and say, wow, we got to, I want to do, I want to grow. This is, you're, you're literally working for the betterment of humanity. Well, I, I appreciate that sentiment. I, um, you know, I don't want to appear universally altruistic. I do have to keep my mind occupied and I get bored very easily. And so all of these things are, are, uh, infinitely intriguing to me and we keep searching out new ways where we can overlap you know our interests with helping humanity and there are many opportunities to invest where we don't get involved i don't think that we can either be of strategic help or i don't see the uh order of magnitude improvement in the quality of life right so some of the the things that we're looking at are things where there'll be a noticeable order of magnitude improvement not an incremental improvement or not something that everybody's doing. And I'll give you, and I'll be frank about one of the examples. We've probably turned down 20 deals in the cannabis arena. Okay. All kinds, right. all kinds of things, you know, from developing buildings that can grow, you know, to uh, networks, to distribute, to different kinds of things. And, and I don't, I, I think that's, an overfunded area. I think it's an area that doesn't need our attention. I don't think the improvement to humanity is exponential by any means. And, you know, so when people have asked me, well, what, what would I have an interest in this area? I said, my, my attitude is if somebody develops a medical therapy, right, 
with cannabis as the basis for that therapy, that might be very interesting and something that we could get involved in. But something that I can grow in my closet that you want to grow in a warehouse and you want us to help fund the right. warehouse. That's, and, and, it, and it's built on a different thing. So part of what you've been talking about. Us. Yeah, the, the whole, by the way, this is the genius of the American system. Actually, it's not a system, but the genius of America is to unleash the abilities of humans to probe, as you said, and to prove with their probing. We call it FBC. When I was growing up and doing my first investing, we were looking at things that are FBC, faster, better, cheaper. What can you do that is faster, that is better exponentially and cheaper in the sense that you make things more accessible because they become democratized because the price continues to plummet, such as chips and things like that. I don't mean potato chips, you know what I mean, chips yeah. and such. Now, it's um, I'm sorry to even say these words, but our hour is just about up, Sheldon. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be closing out, but I'm going to ask you three questions and uh, when you answer these three questions, then we'll have to close it up for the moment. But the uh, first question is, Sheldon, will you come back again? Sure. Wow, that was great. Number two question is, you have 80 seconds only to answer this. 80 seconds. What is your most fervent desire? 80 seconds. Probably to keep my wife happy. That's it. Doesn't take eight, doesn't take it 80 seconds. Just no, make no, sure. that's fine. Just make us happy and that we are productive each day of our life. Excellent. And I trust that you are succeeding in your most fervent desire. Uh, so far, but I, I think that's, you have to ask her, but I think that we're doing okay. Okay. And that, that caused a, a unique smile on your face. And I'm glad to hear that. And the third question is, you ready? I'm going to give you, with your permission, a hug in front of now 357,822 people around the world. So let me tell you what hug stands for. Heartfelt, unlimited giving, because that's who you really are. Are you ready, Sheldon? I'm ready as I can be. One, two, three. Thank you very much. Why are you listening? You tuned in consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore. Everything you want to know about our amazing guest today. And you do agree. He's amazing. He puts the zing back in amazing. You can find it at the website, barryshore.com. Because, you know, in this show, we talk about the three fundamentals of life, which enable you to become happier healthier and wealthier and who doesn't want that the three fundamentals of course are number one life your life has purpose you live a purpose-driven life like sheldon you can go mad now in this case mad is a great acronym that stands for make a difference what he's doing and the third is to unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms such as smile smile seeing miracles in life every day as that's what should Sheldon's, he's seeing miracles in life, making medical history with miraculous ways every single day. As my eight-year-old niece says, seeing miracles in everyday life. And when you do that, what are you doing? You create the kind of world we all want to live in. Create stands for causing rethinking, enabling all to excel, enabling all to excel using these amazing devices and making life better for everybody. And then use four-letter words. Live in the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Four-letter words like love, hope, grow, free, give, praise, play, swim, and tell people the F-U word. F-U, capital N, capital N. Say, but people ask you, what did you learn today? I said, Barry Shaw wants to teach the world to F-U. But remember, add capital N, capital N. Say, what was that all about? And you can tell them about this amazing show and share with five people. Just five. And then we'll have over a million and a half people listening in to what's happening in the world right now. And you can begin to see the future. And then as I ask you, use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day, consciously and conscientiously. You make yourself better, your family, your friends, and the entire world. These two words are thank you, thank you, thank you to harmonize and network kindness, to harmonize and network kindness. So our blessing from Sheldon and Barry is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love.
Nomad. Go make a difference. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joy of Living podcast. Now that's another step towards your healthier, happier, and wealthier life. Never hesitate to do good in the world, no matter what the situation. Join us for another upbeat discussion next time at BarryShore.com. And be sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the show to get more conversations like this. And remember to share it with your family and friends too. See you on the next episode. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.